Alright, so this morning I'd like to minister on prayer again. And the reason is because we, we must, you know, I'll keep on preaching on prayer and different aspects of prayer because without prayer, nothing can happen. It is the lifeline to heaven. It is the only connection that God has given us uh, to touch heaven. And so we, we ask that the Lord, you know, would give us a spirit of prayer. So this morning, once again, I'd like to go into talking about heartfelt prayers. This is what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. He said, I desire that men, everybody say men. This message this morning is basically towards the men. But the ladies must listen as well because <laughs> it will help you. But I desire that men everywhere pray with hands lifted up, holy hands lifted unto the Lord. I desire that men begin to pray. The sad part about it is a lot of believers today, a lot of churches, have, the, the men have abdicated their position and allowed the ladies to run the prayer meetings. So it is always that the women are praying, whether it's in the house or whether it's in church, the women are the ones who lead in prayer. But you find that God gives this uh, awesome responsibility to the priest, not the priestesses, but to the priest in the home. It has always been the ministry of the men to lead in prayer. Come on. Because when men pray, things begin to happen. Because the man is supposed to be the head in different areas. Now, this is in no way, uh, you know, what... They, they say the church teaches this so much that the women are subordinate. That's not what the Bible talks about. When the Bible talks about the husband is the head of the home, it is not talking about the woman being inferior to the man. God is the head of the whole world. Jesus submits himself to God, yet Jesus himself is God. But for the sake of government, I always say this, for the sake of proper government in the home, God says, husbands must be the head. Wives submit themselves to their husbands. Government. Not that she's inferior, but so that there can be a proper government in the home. Everybody following with me. Also, children, obey your parents. Why? Government. All this has to do with government. It has nothing to do with the inferiority or superiority of the person. It has to do with positions that God assigns so that there can be proper running of homes and running of society as a whole. The policeman is not somebody who is greater than us, but because of the position he holds, we honor that position. How many of you, when you come to an orange light and you want to break that orange light and then it turns red, but you already go past? What's the first thing you do? You look in the mirror to see any policeman there or not. Correct? Because there's some kind of appearance. Like, you know, I hope nobody saw me. I hope policemen did not see. So all this has to do with position. So when it comes to prayer, God says, I want men to be the ones to pray. Now, I desire with all my heart to follow after David because that's my name. And David was called a man after God's own heart. David did not call himself, I'm a man after God's own heart. People did not say David was a man after God's own heart. God said, I have found a man after my own heart. So God described David as a man who went after the heart of God, who didn't just want just the, uh, the appearance 
of God. He wanted the heart of God. He wanted to know how God felt about different things. So David went after the heart of God. And as a result of which we can learn a lot about David. The thing about David was he was number one a worshiper. He worshipped God. Nobody worshipped God like David worshipped the Lord. David broke all tradition. He did not come into the temple in the usual way of coming through the priest. He went directly into the presence of God. He believed that God has created me. God has wonderfully made me and God definitely wants me to know him. And so I will go into his presence. I will praise him. I will worship him. I will seek his face at all times. Early will I seek you. You said, seek my face. And I said, I will seek you, Lord, early in the morning. So David was a man after God's own heart. And uh, I always believe this. If you notice, I will always be in the front and I will always be worshiping. Why? You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. I cannot serve if I have not worshipped. So it is imperative that I learn to be a worshiper myself. But another thing about David was he knew how to pray. This morning, we want to talk about the prayer life of David. So we're going to go into Psalm 34, verse 6. That's the first scripture we're going to look at. All right? Heartfelt prayers. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him or delivered him out of all his troubles. Everybody got the scripture up there? Verse 15. Read it with me, please. All right, let's start again. Right start from the top. Everybody together. This poor man and, and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 15. The eyes of the Lord, read on, are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. Verse 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So who was the one who was praying? It was David. Now sometimes people say, only if you are weak, then you pray. Weak people pray. So we leave it to the women to pray. But David was a strong person. Saul was strong in the sense that he was tall, he was big, he had good looks. In fact, the Bible talks about him being very handsome, very tall. He had uh, strength. He was able to have his own sword, which was too big for David to carry. Saul had everything, but there's not one place where you can find a prayer from Saul. God anointed him to be a king, but you will never find Saul praying. Never, not one prayer. But with David, you can find all kinds of prayers and praises that we use written 3,000 years ago, but we are still blessed today. This morning as the service began, Tamil service, they sang the Tamil translation to the song, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you. That's a beautiful song written by David 3,000 years ago. His psalms and his songs and his prayers are still being used even until today. Come on, amen. This is David. Now, the thing about David was he had an honest appraisal of himself. You know, in Psalm 51, verse 6, it says, God desires truth in the inward parts. God desires truth in the inward parts. So David gives us an honest appraisal of who he is in this prayer. Now, I thank God he doesn't tell us what he prayed, but who he was, how he describes himself. The first thing is he describes himself as a poor man. This poor man cried. 
David at this time, if you read your, if you have a Bible and at the beginning of the psalm, it says this, the psalm of David, when he behaved himself like a madman, actually, in front of the king because he wanted to escape death. So he acted, he play acted in front of the king, hoping that the king would not kill him. He had saliva flowing out of his mouth, didn't have his hair combed, his, his clothing was all torn and dirty. But David at this time was poor in the sense that he even had to go into the temple to beg the priest to give him bread. And then after that, he asked the, the priest, can I also take the sword because I've got no weapon with me. So I need a weapon to defend myself. Give me the sword that Goliath had used, which he had taken away from Goliath. So he, he at this time had nothing. He had no friends. He was all alone by himself and he was running. Now, not only that, also in his spirit, he, he didn't know now uh, how even to pray. He didn't even know how to pray because his uh, resources, his inner resources had dried up. That's why he had to behave like this. It's like God was not present with him. God was not there to deliver him. So he had to try to deliver himself out of the hand of the king. So you understand that David was now in this condition. He described himself as a poor man. I am empty, O oh God. Many years ago, there was a guy that I approached, you know, one of our members at that time. And uh, I asked him, I said, brother, how are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, Praise the Lord, Pastor. God is good. I said, I understand God is good, brother, but I'm asking you, how are you doing? Sometimes people get this religious thing. Oh, praise the Lord, Pastor. God is so good. I know God is good, man. He's good all the time. I'm asking you, how are you? See, that's the question God always asks. Adam, where are you? Oh, I'm hiding, Lord. I did something. That, who told you? I, I want your heart. Adam, talk to me. Who told you these things? What have you been feeding on? What has your mind been feeding? Tell me what's happening to you. I want to know. Give me an honest appraisal of yourself. Don't hide from me. So I asked this brother. Many times I've asked him, how are you doing today? Can I pray for you? No, God is good, Pastor. God is good. Wonderful, Pastor. Then he is missing from church for a few Sundays. So I sent somebody to go and ask him, how is he doing? Pastor is asking, how are you doing? Expletives came out from his mouth. Began to curse me. Pastor, this kind of pastor, don't care for me. I lost my job, doesn't even care. My finances are all going down, don't care. My, my wife and me having a lot of problems, he don't care. What kind of a pastor is this? I said, brother, I asked you. How are you? Tell me. I'm having difficulties in my job. My finances are running out. My wife and I fighting like dog and cat. Tell me, man. What does God want? Honesty. Being real. That's what God wants. He doesn't want some religious jargon. God is not waiting for us to have proper religiosity in our prayers, the way we talk. God's not wanting that. He wants our heart, man. For the Lord does not look on the outward appearance. God is looking at our heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit is the first thing. First beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit for God releases the kingdom of heaven to them. 
We want the blessing of God, but we are not willing enough to come before Him and say, this is who I am. That's why David is called a man after God's own heart because he realized that on the inside, he was empty and trying to run on empty, giving up a show before everyone, becoming religious, hallelujah, praise God, everything is wonderful. It's a lie. We are lying to ourselves. Oh, you know, you got to listen to your heart. Wrong. The heart is desperately wicked. It is deceitful. It will lie to you and tell you it's okay when you know in the heart of hearts that you are not okay and you need help. And this is the problem of many men because they are men. They want to share things. Keep it all inside. Bury it again and again and again until it explodes. And God desires. David was the person who cried out. He said, you know, uh, this poor man, he cried out. Another thing about David was he was a troubled man. Troubled about everything that was happening. How is this possible? It says, he delivered him from all his troubles. Come on, amen. God delivered him from all his troubles. Here is David as a troubled person. How is it? I have been anointed to be king. And now I am standing before a foreign king acting like a madman. What's happening? See, this is the thing we all need to understand. The third thing also about David was he was an afflicted man. Listen, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Listen very carefully this morning. Many are the afflictions of the righteous businessman. Many are the afflictions of the righteous housewife. Many are the afflictions of... A righteous student, many righteous, not unrighteous, but righteous. The righteous falls seven times, but the Lord lifts them up. In this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world, you shall overcome also. The thing about the thing we need to understand is this. Everything that affects people in the world affects us. The good things and the bad things that happen outside also happens to the believer. Don't you for one minute begin to think because I'm a believer, I'll be spared all these things. No. In fact, the righteous go through even more trouble than those who are on the outside. Why? Because God is making something out of us. If he suffered, shall we not also suffer? Come on, amen. We don't like this message on suffering. But David spoke about it. Many are the afflictions. Not the righteous will be afflicted, but many are the afflictions that they will suffer. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. Say amen. The wonderful thing about it is God is involved in it. That's why I shared with you, you know, I talked about the pain that I went through, which, you know, I don't want anybody to go through six times. Then the seventh time, the Lord delivered me out of it. But during all that pain, when I was crying out, where are you? And it seemed like God was not there. I cried from the depths of my being. I, I cried out, but it seemed like God was not there. And I even said, Lord, why this, this prayer? Why have you forsaken me in this time of pain? It, the pain was excruciating. And so I said, God, why have you not heard my prayer? And at the end of it, the Lord just said this, your words will not say, it's not the, the amount of words you use. It is a cry of your heart. That's what I want to go into the next thing. How 
did David pray? How was he praying? It says this. This poor man cried. And as men, we are taught, even as little boys, boys, men, don't cry. Why are you crying? You girl are you? Huh? Why are you crying? You are a man, man. Stand up. You are a boy. You get hurt. It's okay. Don't cry. So this is reinforced again and again. Grown men don't cry. Whatever you have to do, face up to it. You are a man. <laughs> well, David was a man. He went after the lion. He went after a bear. He went after Goliath. He had to raise up a whole army, made a lot of people who were bankrupt into great soldiers, great heroes. He built up an entire army himself, became king. David was a he-man, real man of men. And yet he cried. He understood the power of bearing his heart before the Lord. It says in the book of Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7, Jesus, listen to me, Jesus in the days of his flesh, Offered strong prayers, strong crying, prayers with strong crying, weeping, not in one day, not when he prayed over Jerusalem and wept, not at the tomb of uh, uh, Lazarus when he cried loudly. More than that, Jesus wept a lot. So when the disciples watching him pray said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. We have never seen people pray the way you pray. The way you pray is so different. We have heard religious people pray. We have heard the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees pray. But we have never seen anyone pray the way you pray. And we see the results that come with your kind of prayer. We've heard them pray, but the results are empty. But the way you pray is so different that we want to learn how to pray like this. They never said, Lord, teach us to preach, teach us to cast out devils, teach us to do miracles attend a miracle seminar where we learn how to heal the sick. All these things are unimportant. We realize that everything that happens, casting out devils, healing the sick, all come because of the way you have been praying. Rising up before the sun, it says, before dawn. You know what time dawn is in Israel? About 5, 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. That's when dawn breaks. Harish, correct? Harish has been flying all that's when dawn in the Middle East comes up, about five something, four something, five, dawn. So long time before dawn, which means about 2 a.m., 3 a.m., Jesus goes out. Why does he go out to pray by himself? Because he didn't want the disciples to disturb the disciples with his loud crying. Hello. Tears, man. He cried, he cried, he cried. So a cry is a very sorrowful, very sorrowful thing. There's not much, there's no meaning in it, there's no music, you cannot set crying to music. You know, it grieves the minds of those who see it. I, I, I like action movies. I'm a man like David. Thou art a bloody man. <laughs> a lot of bloodshed, shooting, killing. Just, it just soothes my soul. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> action movies, man. <laughs> but once in a while at one movie I watched together with a, a Korean movie 
First time, we both sat down and we watched. I watched it. It's called Salute Diamor. How many of you have seen that one? I encourage you to see it. It's a, it's a movie about this man uh, who is in a village and he works in a grocery shop kind of thing. But he's trying to, uh, you know, he learns how to court a lady who's staying next door. Both of them are elderly, right? They're elderly. Anyway, uh, I won't spoil the scene for you. Just watch it yourself. But there is one scene where she's now going in for a major operation. And they have already courted a little bit. He's very clumsy in his courting. But he says, uh, she says to him, when I go in uh, for my operation, sing for me. So they show her being carted into the operation theater and the door is closing and he's standing out there, this old man, and he's singing. Man, I tell you, it broke me. <laughs> when he started to sing, man, I think about it, tears almost come out. Uh, you know, and, and he began to start to cry. Watching that, I began to be totally moved. When you see somebody crying, it moves your heart, right? It's a very sorrowful thing. Tears, and it touches the heart of God. See, when a child cries, you're not interested in the vocabulary of the child. You just rush to attend to the need of the child. When the child cries, you're not going to ask, come on, sit down, explain to me what's happening with you. You just go and try to carry the child, hold the child, soothe the cry, so that the crying will stop. Whatever pain the child is going through, the hug uh, does miracles. That's what we need. When we cry, we as human beings know how to show compassion. The Bible says, how much more God? It's a sorrowful thing. It is also a very simple thing because anyone can do it. You don't have to go to a school to learn how to cry. Little babies, little children, we are born with a cry. You know, it's interesting because the word Yahweh, everybody know the word Yahweh? Y-H-W-H. -H. So in English, we try to make sense of that word and we add words to it. So we become Yahweh, Y-A-H. W-E-H, Yahweh. But the actual word, Y-H-W-H, is a Hebrew uh, definition of breath, which means Y-H, taking in breath, W-H, breathing out. That's Yahweh. So when a child is born, they smack the child on the bottom, I hope, then the child screams and he takes a breath. So the moment a child breathes, every time you breathe, you are actually speaking the name of God. That's why the Bible begins with, in the beginning, God. In the beginning of your life, in the beginning of everything that we do, God. You don't have to have nice words. You are speaking his name in your breath. That's why a cry is a very simple thing. Anybody can do it. Come on, amen? But you want to learn how to pray. People want to read a lot of books on how to pray. What are the words they say? How do people do it? Oh, when they pray, it's so nice to listen to them pray. You know what? God looks at the heart. God is always looking at the heart. David said, this poor man, what did he do? I did a simple thing. I just cried. It is a sincere thing. When you cry, you are sincere. You cannot act this out. 
When a person is crying, it means that they are hurting deeply. And so they cry out. The thing about a cry is everyone and anyone, well, everyone has done it. Anyone can do it. It's just that we try to control ourselves, all the men especially. We've forgotten how to cry. There was a time I was sharing this morning, and I've shared this with you as well. When I first got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, every time I prayed, every time I came into the presence of God, into church, when we begin to worship, tears would begin to stream down. I would be touched by the presence of God, and I would, become, I would start to cry. When we begin to pray, you know, into the prayer room, we all pray, I'll be crying. Somebody who noticed this came to me and said, you know, what you're doing is not right. No, you shouldn't be crying all the time because God is a happy God. Why are you crying all the time? And I pray. And I said, God, please. I was a young believer. I said, God, please, please take this away. I don't like this. Why is it I'm crying? Nobody else crying. I'm the only one. And I don't know why. But it's just that tears will start to flow. God knew the pain of the heart. God looked at the heart. So anyway, I would be crying. And then so I said, Lord, take it away. For two years, two years, I could not shed a tear. Just could not shed a tear. God heard my prayer. Later on, I repented before God. I said, God, I want to feel again. I want to have a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. I want to be able to feel about things. Why did Jesus cry? Was he crying because he was not good enough? No, he was crying because he saw what, what sin had done to his creation. All the things that he had made had been so ruined by sin. So every day he comes out, he sees them, he will minister to them, give them the joy that he had from, from the Lord, minister so that their hearts can be lifted up. And in the night seasons, he would go and pray through the night. Praying and crying and weeping over mankind. Come on. So it's a sincere thing. Well, last of all, what was the result of it all? What was the result? Psalm 34, verse 6. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him and delivered him, saved him out of all. Not just what he was crying for, but everything that was attached to it, the source of all the pain that he was going through. When God does something to us, it is not just touching the surface. God, I have a financial need. God wants to go behind the financial need and help you have a breakthrough so that you will not suffer that pain of going through the same thing again. He delivers us out of all our troubles. Why? Because he's a God who, is, who does more than we expect he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think come on amen, amen. Ephesians 3 20 so that, that's who God is he's the God of the how much more we think this is all God can do God is saying no, no you, you need to understand you know this morning we were listening in the, in the car listening to the song by uh, forgot the name of the guy uh, singing holy Right? The, the song holy you are holy high and lifted up you are holy and so we're listening to holy and the word holy as I've shared with you means he is different the word holy is not some you know spiritual superficial kind of thing you are holy holy means you are so different from what we we expect Isaiah chapter 6 everybody uses that and says the angels were around the throne worshipping him shouting holy 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 no they were not worshipping him with holy 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 they were shouting to each other describing what they saw 
And the angels cried to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They were not bowing before him and saying, Holy, holy, holy. They were just, when they, they moved around the throne and every time they moved around the throne, they kept screaming out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Come on, amen. They were describing what they saw. He's so different every time we see him. He, he, he is so different from what we expect to see. Let God be bigger than your imagination. So, the result was Psalm 36 verses 1 through verse 4. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from my fears. He starts off with a testimony. I'm praising God. You know why I praise God? Because this poor man cried. This troubled man cried. This afflicted man cried. And he heard me. That's why I'm praising God now. I will bless him. I will praise him. I will continually have praises in my mouth for him. Why? Because when I cried, not when I prayed this wonderful prayer, but when I cried, when I bared my heart before him, when I just wept in his presence, he heard me and delivered. He heard what? He, there were no words spoken, but he heard the cry of my heart. Learn. Learn to cry. Learn to bear your hearts. That's why I'm talking about being absolutely honest with him. Have an honest appraisal of who you are, where you are at. Don't hide. We like to have this facade where we want everybody to see that we are all okay. But we're not okay in many areas. And we can be real. That's why I like people to come into church and say, this is where you find your identity. You don't have to be somebody else in church. We accept one another for who we are. Amen? All the wrinkles, all the pimples, everything. All inclusive. We are accepted as we are. Come on. That's what makes being a believer so wonderful. Hallelujah. David wrote this testimony 3,000 years ago. Why did he have it all written down? So that when we read it 3,000 years later, we say, I know what the guy is going through. I can identify with this man because I'm going through much pain. And we can take courage. The word encourage means to be encouraged. To be in. And reach in and be courageous. Become courageous once again. To be lifted up again. Come on, amen. To be lifted up. I thank God. I thank God David wrote this song. So that I can identify and say, yes, Lord, I may not be able to speak. On that hospital bed, I understood this one thing. It's not my words that I speak that God's going to answer the prayer. He's just going to look at my heart and says, when that heart is there, I'm going to come. I'm going to deliver you. The Lord delivered me. That's why I can stand and praise God. That's why I'm still going to continue to go to other places and share how good God is. And I'm strong in the Lord that he delivered me out of all my troubles. Hallelujah. Therefore, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord with all my heart. Amen. Stand with me.